Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Costello Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. And there you go, the great Billy Bratcher opening the show here once again. Uh, welcome to Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Great to be with you here on WDEV. A quick reminder, of, for those of you that missed uh, the last show that we did here at WDEV uh, and past shows as well, they're all available at WDEVradio.com. You can check it out there. Great podcast of, uh, of past programs. But I want to mention specifically the last program that we did here. Uh, had a lot of fun as I, as I do every time I'm on the, on the air here with you. And thanks to our listeners for listening in, really do appreciate it. But we had an opportunity to do a jam session after the show. As you know, I had John Galemore, Danny Cohn from the Starline Rhythm Boys, Andre McCara of 8084 and also of Shake the Band, and Jesse Agan from Shake the Band in studio with me. And we were talking about entertaining post and pre-pandemic and what's going on. After the show, we then went into the legendary mezzanine studio here at WDEV, and we did an impromptu jam session. Had no idea what was going to happen. John Galemore says, uh, let's do uh, Run Around Sue, which... Well, it's kind of a challenge, I know, for Jesse, because Je- <laughs> Jesse Hagen's only in his 20s. He had no idea what the song was. But uh, they did about three or four songs. It was all recorded, thanks to uh, Charlotte Strasser here at the WDEV for recording that and then uh, putting it up on the website. You can go check it out. It's very, very interesting. Lots of fun. As always, we're going to have a fun show again today with some giveaways. Yeah, you know, doing the old thing. I used to love doing giveaways on the on the, my my other radio program. So we're going to do some of that today. I want to quickly thank all of our sponsors because this show would not happen without the support of our sponsors. Jolly Convenience Stores, Hot Coffee, Sandwiches, Ice Cold Coca-Cola products. You need them today. We got a heat wave next 3 days going to be in the 90s. Of course, fuel and the Daily Smile. And it's there behind the mask, or if you're not wearing a mask, it, it's still there. Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, zero sort recycling, reliable service, and competitive pricing. And, of course, uh, if you're traveling, Milne Travel American Express, they've been doing it since 1975. Their travel specialists search the lowest airfares via databases exclusive to the travel industry. So as I mentioned, we do have some giveaways today coming up on the program. Chris Barbieri joining us with details on the 64th annual Vermont Antique and Classic Car Meet that's coming to Waterbury this week. We'll have free tickets, and we'll also discuss some China-Vermont relations with Chris. As you know, uh, Chris, from time to time, heads off to China. We'll find out uh, how the pandemic uh, affected uh, all of his travel. Probably not a whole lot, but first... It gives me great pleasure to introduce, uh, once again, it's been a while since I've done this, yeah. introducing Sean Bartlett from Jolly Convenience Stores. Sean is my guest this afternoon. We had planned on having chefs Joseph and Scott from Chef's Corner, but pretty much as uh, you can uh, determine with all that's going on with with uh, the employment issue here in Vermont, it's getting more and more difficult for employers to leave their business and go out and do things. So I do appreciate you joining me here in studio today, Sean. Well, you're welcome. It is crazy times, definitely, for all of us. And uh, it's too bad Chef wasn't here because, you know, I was kind of looking forward to some pastries. Well, I know. You know, he he used to bring some nice – I think you've been in studio before when he'd bring in some delicious cookies. uh, They do great things there. Yes, they do. Absolutely. So uh, we'll we'll be missing them today, but of course we can uh, talk with Sean Bartlett. As you know, Sean is the uh, the GM of forty five Jolly Convenience Stores. That's throughout New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire, and New Hampshire as well. Thirty seven in Vermont, and thirty seven here in Vermont. That's a lot of stores. Yes, Uh, that's a lot of employees, and that's what we're going to be discussing today: how businesses are doing post pandemic, and 
the employment crisis that's going on. Plus, we, we, uh, as I did mention, we've got some giveaways, and Sean was kind enough to bring in some $25 gift cards to Jolly Convenience Stores, and they're good at any of the stores that are, that are around, whether you're in New York, whether you're in uh, New Hampshire, or you're Vermont, and we'll do that momentarily. I'll give you the numbers just so you know. You can get them on your speed dial, 244-1777. Or toll free at 1-877-291-8255. So, Sean, let's get right into it. And let's talk about what's going on in your industry. Uh, as you know, gas and food, those are essential services. You did not close during any of the pandemic. Uh, you had to conform, obviously, to many regulations, keep employees and customers safe. Uh, and thanks to them and you for doing all of that. So let's, let's go back about 16 or 17 months. And this is, you know, the first in our lifetime ever having to do something like this. And you'd go into any of the jolly convenience stores and all of a sudden there's plexiglass up. People are wearing masks. There's hand sanitizer all over the place. You had to scramble quickly. Yeah, it, it's, it was a huge challenge and it still is. Um, even back then, uh, we're talking about labor. It was hard to get labor then. But now it's extremely hard to get labor. Uh, you know, the PEP trying to get the right stuff, protecting your employees. This is an ongoing daily, day-to-day challenge in different communities everywhere. Everybody has different regulations, both state and town. So uh, there's a lot to keep up on. Uh, you know, our company, I'm very proud of Jolly. They stood behind their employees all through this. And uh, I'm proud to say we gave them $4 an hour hazard pay for about 60 weeks so you went above and beyond because the federal government allowed a hazard pay for a portion of that, correct? Yeah, there was a grant out there that we did get from the federal government yeah. that covered eight weeks. So and you uh, covered the you covered up to sixty weeks. Yes, and now we made wow. that permanent pay for our people that worked through us. You know, through these times, our employees, the staff that maintained, are just amazing yeah. people. You know, one of the things that you hear, and 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 you know, perhaps you know, people don't get this because they go into the go into the stores and they say, well, you know, there's the employee, there he is. But they don't realize uh, how many hours that person has to put in. And I hear this from business owners all the time. In fact, if, if uh, Joseph and Scott were here from Chef's Corner, they'd be telling you that, well, they used to operate seven days a week. You know, they'd have a – well, not anymore. It's like you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, they're closed. Why? Because – they don't have the help and the help that they have that you can't ask somebody to work 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. And, it, you know, this is a long strain on everybody. You know, I call it about an 18 month. And, you know, these people mentally are out there on the front lines day in, day out. Um, and, you know, it's also all the scrambling you're doing, trying to get stuff in, trying to make sure people are safe and healthy. So it's been very, very demanding. Uh, getting the labor force is a huge, huge challenge right now. Um, people are, you know, I believe we need to incentivize people to come back to work, yeah. uh, not to stay home at these times. And well, let, let, let's get into that because I'm glad that you touched on that. Uh, Sean Bartley with us today, GM with Jolly Convenience Stores. And one of the things that we hear, and it's not anecdotal. I mean, I know people that tell me that I'm not going back to work yet because I'm collecting my regular unemployment. Federal government has given me an additional 300 and they're making it pretty easy. Uh, to go back to work, I would actually take a cut in pay. And when you hear that, as an employer, you go, you got to do something to get these people to come back to work. Do you have an, do you have any ideas, Sean? Well, what should be done? I, I, I agree. I, you can't blame the people for not coming back to work when they're making more money than they would, uh, if they stay home. Right. You know, we need to incentivize people. So what I'm saying by that is, so I, I have a story for you. I had a girl that was working three days a week in my deli. She wanted to go five days. We gave her five days. Now yeah. we were given the hazard pay, but it wasn't, uh, permanent. And although we did it for over a year. So then the day I made it permanent, she comes to me, she had a, she, she wanted five days. She had to cut back to three days because she'd lose more benefits than yeah. she could make for money yeah. for us being good to people, which yeah. is, it's not her fault. There you go. It's the benefits cliff. Right. We call, right. you know, we talk about that all the time, the benefits cliff. And that needs mm -hmm. to be addressed. Right. Uh, you know, not only now, but I mean, even in the past, it's always been there. This, this incentive to, well, why do I, if I go to work and get a job, I lose some benefits. We need to somehow let people go back to work and, but let them keep some of those benefits to make up 
the the loss of income, correct? Correct. You know, uh, don't penalize the people that want to go out and work to put into the community that pay taxes out of their paycheck yeah. and wages that support these programs. Maybe we need to hire the allowance that these people can get so they don't lose benefits. Just like with the elderly, you know, you got a workforce put in their whole life, but they can't only work so much because they get penalized for it. Right. And, uh, you know, I just think that's wrong. I mean, so I think you can up the, allow- the amount of benefits people can get if they go out and get a job without hurting their income or their personal needs. Right? So correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I, my understanding is that that additional $300 that the federal government is giving in unemployment, the governor of Vermont, uh, Phil Scott, has said that starting in September, we're going to stop that. We're not going to give that additional 300 I, I believe that's the case at this time. I Could that 300 be used for something else? I mean, you know, we always, you know, legislators love to argue when there's money in a till yeah. somewhere. It's like, you know, don't let go of it. But right. maybe that could be used. You keep talking about an incentive to yes. go to work. Maybe that could be used as an incentive. Yeah. If that would be my stance. My stance would be, and listen, there's all situations out there, so I don't want to make this. There's so many people that do need benefits, and I'm not saying um, this isn't about if you need them or not as much as – because every situation is different. There's people that need this so bad, and I'm grateful that they have it. But we do have a mental health crisis going on. The number one thing for people in mental health is when you sit home, idle time is the worst thing for any of us. Yeah. You see crime going up. You see We're seeing it now. Right, and you're treating a society of staying home. But if you incentivize those people to go to work, they're going to feel better about themselves because they're part of the community, and they're going to better themselves. That's my goal. I want them to better themselves, not lose benefits they're getting. So my thing is in September, if that gets extended or we have money, give the $300 to anybody who goes out and gets a job. Do not penalize them. And then we're helping out the business people. We're helping out the workforce, the community. Right. We're helping out to pay for taxes so other programs can go on in the future. And our businesses pay a ton of tax in. And, you know, like you were just talking about, chef's business, you know, ruin yeah. meals tax, our business, we – you know, you got the gas tax, you got coffee tax, you got right. What, what, I know. Think about that. Huge. When, when when businesses close down two days a week, that's also two days a week that that meals tax is not going to Montpelier. Exactly. So they're losing out on that. And if we're planning that in our budget to pay for the future, we're planning wrong. Yeah. The other thing is, I had. Two subways in, in stores, at least for me, during this time, and a Dunkin', and they all had to pull out this year because of the pandemic. It was that hurt it, and th- that hurts us. Sure, we had. Uh, pro- I, I had to change hours at several, several stores and close several 24-hour locations. My payroll is down about, as far as people, about 20% of what I would have normally right now. Mm. 20, 25%. Sean Bartlett with uh, Jolly Convenience Stores. We're talking about the the work situation, the employment situation here in Vermont. And, Sean, I want to touch on a little bit, uh, and, and we got some giveaways. We're going to be doing that coming up right after. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll do the giveaways. But I, I, I would like to touch a little bit on the the topic of $15 an hour minimum wage. And this is interesting. This is why I invited uh, Chefs Joseph and Scott on, as you know, the Travels with Charlie video series. The second video that we shot two years ago was on the $15 an hour minimum wage, how it would, it would impact restaurants. We had Dylan Giampatista, who was a representative at the time, joining us. Uh, in fact, it's a, it's a funny video. You can check it out. It's on WDEVradio.com. We actually locked uh, Dylan in the cooler at the restaurant <laughs> because he, he didn't agree on the $15 an hour minimum wage. So we kind of locked him in there. Or actually, he, well, he did agree on it. You know, there was a lot, a lot of concern about that. But here we are now. Fast forward two years later. Mm-hmm. And we're finding that businesses are, they're not having to be told that you've got to go up to a $15 an hour minimum wage. And I'll let you talk about that directly because many businesses now, that's what it takes to get somebody to come to work. They're doing it on their own. That's correct. That's what we're doing right now. Our stores are $15 an hour starting. The starting pay. And anybody who worked for me before the shutoff are making at least $16 an hour. Do you see that happening industry-wide? I I do, but I mean, even with that, we can't find help. That's the sad part. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're creating a society to stay at home, and it's really not a healthy situation. It really isn't. If you look at what's going on and all the pressures and strain people have had living with this COVID thing. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's a serious stuff. I think the state in general has handled the COVID situation very well, but I do. 
uh, think we need to – the thing I don't agree with is how we get people back to work. I think we really need to work on that. You know, it's interesting because we, we look at this and we think that it's all COVID-related. Uh, employers are looking for employees. But part of that has been going on in this state for quite some time, and it's not just at the retail level. It's also at the higher-paying jobs, the, the professional jobs. There's a lack of people – to fill those positions. And why is that? Well, you know, ask Governor Phil Scott. I think he's, you know, he's talked about this each time he's run for office. And he, and I won't get this exact, but he uses the number six, three, and one. And six is the number of, uh, uh, I'm not going to quote it because I want, the point that he makes is that we have less people in the workforce every day. There are people leaving the state. There are less people kids in school, so that's less graduating and staying here. Uh, so th- the whole point is it's not just about, well, you know, we're offering $25 an hour, but if there's no one here to answer that call, it doesn't matter. You can offer 100 bucks an hour. You're not going to fill the jobs. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I disagree with that. Uh, I do think in certain jobs that's very much the case. I think in the retail which is a huge tax, you know, the, the retail and the restaurants, I mean, what they do. We're a tourist state, okay? That's it's right. It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, so they bring in so much and generate so much. But the thing is, if we look at our unemployment numbers, but also look at the numbers, I believe they call them unhirable. Like after a few years, certain people get taken off, okay? Yeah. They so stop they're not working. in those unemployment numbers, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. Yeah. And if we really looked at the workforce that we do have available to us and incentivize them to get out, we'd be in a much better place, all of us. Financially, the state would be better off. The businesses would be better off. The people would be better off. The mental health society would be better off. Isn't that what we want? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the supply side economics, what's happening. And certainly, uh, you know, in the retail industry, restaurant industry, I hear this again from restaurant owners and store owners that uh, the order comes in each week and they look at it and they go, 30 items have been crossed off, not delivered. And then those price increases uh, on pork, those oh. price increases on beef. It is brutal. It is absolutely brutal. I've been doing this 40 years, okay? 40 years, I've never seen anything like it. What's driving that? What What is well, causing it's that? It's everything from these. I get a thing every almost every day, manufacturer's cut, this is cut. You couldn't get Slim Jims. You couldn't get Pop-Tarts, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, Budweiser beer, I mean, uh, manufacturing can't keep up. They say their plants are down. And the other big issue right now is you don't have truck drivers to deliver yeah. this stuff. And well, that's a biggie, including gas. We personally have had several times we go to get gas, can't get it. I've seen ads now for some of the food services that uh, they're starting truck drivers off and uh, warehouse workers, you know, mm-hmm. putting up orders. $26, $27 an hour and $2,000 signing bonus. I'm going, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you, truck drivers are. But who's paying for that? I mean, if those prices are, if they're paying people to put orders up, then it's got to be reflected in the products that we're buying. Yeah, go to a grocery store. Grocery stores have gone up. You know, I'd say about 27, 30%, they say, look at real estate values, what they've gone up. You know, I mean, you can talk and it's, it, it just keeps going. You know, it just, it's domino effect. And, uh, you know, we're all suffering through it, but we have to, you know, that's why I'm saying we need to help out the elderly. Give them, let them work and make money and not take away their benefits as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, who's helping them out? What do they have a 1% Social Security increase? Or yeah, pretty it is? much every and, year. That's what it is. Say, it's, yeah, food costs are up about 30%. Yeah, I don't think there's, I've never seen a 1% increase on anything. Uh, Sean Bartlett is my guest this afternoon on Travel, Travels with Charlie. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, something that I always enjoy doing with my guests and I always enjoy doing with Sean, we, we do some giveaways. Now, here's something to think about. When we come back, we're talking about work ethic. We're talking about going to work. This whole different – it's a generational thing. I want to hear from you. What was your first job? If you remember, what was your first job? You tell us. And if it's a good story, you're going to win a $25 gift card to Jolly Convenience Stores. We'll be right back on Travels with Charlie right after this. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. 
guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.milltravel.com. See, you know, that could be Run DMC with Aerosmith, or that could be just Aerosmith. I think that is Aerosmith. Yeah, that's it. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. My guest, Sean Bartlett from Jolly Convenience Stores. It's Corm on the other side of the glass over here trying to uh, always uh, trick me with the, with the bumper music. Now, as I mentioned before the break, we've got some gift cards to Jolly Convenience Stores. Thanks to Sean Bartlett for doing that. Also want to remind you that uh, you can use these at the Moortown General Store, correct? That's correct. That's also affiliated with us. Yes. All right. So here's the deal. You call right now, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. If you've got a good story about your first job, because that's what we're talking about, work ethic. Uh, your work ethic plays so much into what's going on today, and I think we're of that generation uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, off the air, I, I did. My first job was actually loading uh, trucks at the Coca-Cola plant on Pine Street in Burlington. I didn't load the trucks. We, we put them up on pallets, and somebody else put they them up They would hire there. you back. They, they, <laughs> and I bet you they pay more than $1.65 <laughs> yeah. an hour right now. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines. Gary is joining us on the phone line here at WDEV Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon, Gary. Hey, good afternoon. How are you doing? Well, we're doing okay, Gary. Now, I've got a gift card here from Jolly Convenience Stores. Thanks to Sean Bartlett for joining me. And it is yours if you have a good story. And I'll let Sean, Sean, be, Sean be the bad guy here. Yeah. If, if it's a good story about your first job, Gary, what was your first job? My very first job was when I was about 10 years old. I mowed lawns around the neighborhood. And I probably got uh, two or three dollars a lawn. Whoa, oh, a lot of green. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, then, then go I ahead. Worked, then I had two paper routes. One was the Burlington Free Press, and one was the uh, Times Argus. Yeah. And then I moved on from that, and I went to work for the at the old M H Fisherman store. And Montpelier. Oh man! Giving my age away. No, well, G- Gary. Uh, you know, my brother. Wa- my brother worked for the Burlington. He did the uh, the paper route with the Burlington Free Press, and I can remember going with him on certain days because all of the inserts in the paper, yeah. the paper would weigh so much. We literally oh, yeah. had. We each had two bags of papers with, that we'd be carrying around today. Today, you could yeah. probably get by with just one, <laughs> if that. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I also helped yeah. out my friend with that. Yeah. And- well. I mean, I've worked all my life. Gary, um, are we going to give that to Gary? Oh, definitely. Work ethic and a half, and we appreciate you calling in. Gary, uh, you hang on, and Corm's going to get your information. We can either mail that card out to you, or you can, you can pick it up here at WDEV, your preference, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thanks for listening today, Gary. Thanks for your call. 244-1777-1877-291-8255. Tell us about your first job. Bob from Northfield joining us. Bob, good afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon, Charlie. So tell us about your first job. I don't know if you call it a job or a chore, but they gave me the responsibilities. I was the second to last of nine children, and at least twice a week I had to walk about a half a mile to uh, the farmer's farm and get the raw milk right out the bolt tank and bring that home for the family, and it was a quarter a trip. So every two days, <laughs> by the end of the week, you know what I mean? Uh. $2 or something like that. Boy, we certainly are dating ourselves here with the amounts, right? And you thought that was big money, I'm yeah. sure, right, Bob? Well, it was enough to go get a soda and a candy bar. <laughs> and if you drank a little milk on the way back, it was a little lighter. <laughs> Well, there was always a little piece of cheddar cheese there that I could take, too. Oh, right. wonderful. Uh, that's awesome. I, I'm talking, I'll give away my age. It was back in the early 70s, around eight years old. Wow. wow. Well, you know, that's that's a work ethic, Bob, that is just not around today. It, it really, I mean, do you agree with us on that? I agree that um, that the idea of this unemployment, the free money or whatever yeah. that the government's given, the stimulus, um, I'm employed at this time that... Um, get off your backside, away from the sofa, away from your TV or your computer, 
and get back in the workforce so that other people that need stuff, I mean, I've seen, watch the news and stuff, there's shelves empty. That's not because they don't have it. It's because nobody in these big factories are making it for them. Yeah, you're right. That's very true. A lot of manufacturers are way understaffed right now from what I'm hearing. Uh, so, you know, th- we, we need more people to work everywhere. Bob, we've got a gift card for you from Jolly Convenience Stores. Uh, do you want to pick that up here at WDEV, or would you like us to mail it to you? I please wish you would mail it to me. All right. You, you, you hang on, and Corm's going to get your information. All right, Bob, thanks for listening to Travels with Charlie. Yes, sir. Thank you, Charlie. All right. Thanks for your call. We're going to go to the next line here in just a moment. Uh, Sean Bartlett from Jolly Convenience Stores with me. We've got one more gift card to, to give away. I hold in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> one, uh, you know, funny thing about the lawn mowing today, and I haven't seen this here. You know, the guy's talking about mowing lawns for, you know, a couple of bucks. There's a sign in the na- in my neighborhood, one of the kids put up, lawn mowing, $20. And I thought, yeah. even that, that's a bargain. Yeah, that's a bargain, $20. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, Definitely a bargain. I'd have them, you know, yeah. I'd give them at least 25 I'll give them a job it. today. Yeah. <laughs> call me up. Call, call Sean up. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to mow lawns. Clifford from Williamstown, you're our next uh, caller here on Travels with Charlie uh, with John Bartlett from Jolly Convenience Stores. Hi, Clifford. Hi, how you doing? Well, we're doing okay, Clifford. How about you? Okay. Uh, are you um, working now, Clifford? No, I'm retired. You're retired. Well, thank you for all of yeah. your hard work. Uh, you, you know, maybe Sean could use you a couple of days a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, my first job was uh, I lived in Connecticut, and I was 13 years old, and I went to work in a tobacco fields. Mm. And if anybody knows how to work in tobacco fields, a 95-degree heat, on your knees, picking the leaves off the, the stalks, in that heat, you will sweat. Mm-hmm. Just a and little I bit. Home, yeah. I, came, I came home 40 hours a week, and I came home with $38. I, mm. I mean, I, I got $38 paycheck. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But did they give you a few cigars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you learn to roll your own? <laughs> I think my first Social Security... Uh, payment was uh, pretty sure it was like sixty eight cents or something. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, Clifford, that, there's yeah. certainly a work ethic that you know. You talk with anybody that owns a farm today, yeah. and getting the help, getting anybody that's in high school, uh, you know, for a summer job or you know that manual labor, they're not doing that, not doing it at all. Nope. What do you think you learned from doing that? I mean, you know, working in a hot field, picking tobacco. How you appreciate working in a store with air conditioning today. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, I think he's looking for a job. We have stores in Berlin, Vermont, (laughs) on 302 in Montpelier in your area. (laughs) Clifford, would you like, would you like a job with Sean? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to work anymore. <laughs> You're not going to work. All right, you've done. You've done your hard work, Clifford. Uh, would you like to pick yeah. this up here at WDEV, or would you like us to mail it to you? I'd appreciate it if you mail it to me because I just moved up here last September. Okay. No, Vermont. Uh, whoa, you no, just moved up here. So you moved up here from yeah. Connecticut. What brings you up here? It's usually the other way around. Yeah. My son. Your son. Oh, that's a great reason. It, yeah. It absolutely He's is. Up here about 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Clifford, thanks for listening to Travels with Charlie. We're going to put this in the mail, and you can enjoy uh, you know, a $25 gift card at any of the Jolly Convenience stores or the Moortown General Store. Thanks for listening today. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Uh, and that, uh, so it goes. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciate you, you doing this. Uh, coming up in the next segment, Chris Barbieri will be joining me, and we're going to be giving away some tickets to the Antique and Classic Car Meet. That's happening this weekend. So looking forward to talking with him about uh, that coming up straight ahead right here on Travels with Charlie. Sean, so nice hey. to see you. Thank Handshake. you very much. I appreciate it. And- that car show should be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see you. And thanks. Stay in touch. Stay I will. And, I and will. again, thanks to uh, Jolly Convenience Stores and Coca Cola for their support of Travels with Charlie. You're more than welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Good to see you. All right. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Chris Barbieri with more giveaways right here on Travels with Charlie. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. 
Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Here we go. The great Boston on Travels with Charlie Corm continually trying to stump me. He stumped me once or twice here on Travels with Charlie. Thanks for joining us today on Travels with Charlie. My next guest is with the 64th Annual Antique and Classic Car Meet. It's happening this Friday through Sunday in Waterbury. Chris Barbieri in the house with Charlie on Travels with Charlie. And this... You know, this show has has been so much fun because I, I've had people on uh, that have joined me in my previous radio <laughs> program, and it's great to see Chris here yeah. in studio. Chris, thank it's you great, for joining it's great us. great to see you too, Charlie. Uh, you, you know, funny story for those of you that, uh, you know, Chris and I would uh, talk from time to time. He would come in and do my radio program, whether it was about the car show or it was about China relations. And I do want to get into that a little bit with you sure. uh, in a moment. But we do have some giveaways right. uh, for the weekend. Uh, we'll give those away in just a moment. But you would often bring in, and I think some of it was to sort of tease Ernie, uh, my co-host, uh, <laughs> Uh, because Ernie was a meat and potatoes guy, uh-huh. and you would bring in snacks from China. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, we had chicken feet. Yeah, we did. That's right. <laughs> they, we had chicken feet. <laughs> they, they were cured like a piece of, you know, sausage or bacon yep. or something, and they were dry you know, in a, in a sealed, vacuum sealed package, chicken feet, which we never ate. But you did bring in one snack, and I think Ernie might have even tried these. They were dried shrimp with peanuts. Yeah. yeah. They were awesome. Weren't they good? Yeah. They were very good. <laughs> but we got to talk about some other things because there's a big uh, antique and classic car meet that's happening this weekend. Uh, over 500 antique and classic cars and trucks, race cars, tractors, military vehicles. This has been going on for 64 years. That's right. With the exception of last year. Yeah. This is the 64th uh, anniversary of it. We got partway last year, but then we couldn't go forward with it. But it's going to be a great show. There's a lot of pent-up demand out there, not only amongst the hobby, but I think amongst everybody to yeah. get out and get outside and, you know, go to something that's a lot of fun, like a car show. Yeah. Car shows are always fun. Boy, I'm finding that out, too. That they're, they're, I'm glad that you mentioned that pent-up demand because that's exactly what's happening when you see any live concerts uh, that are happening right now, and typically they would draw, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people, they're drawing upwards of 3,000 yeah. people. Yeah. People want to get out. They want to celebrate. They want to be outdoors again. Yeah, I do all the marketing for the show. So I started putting out advertising last February in some of the national publications. And, um, you know, I, I put myself down as contact information yeah. just so that you know, people call and have questions. I'll tell you, I've got 10 times more phone calls and emails from people looking for information for this show than I ever have before. Unbelievable. Now, this is a relatively new location when you consider the the heritage of this show. It it was in a different location prior. Now, this is a new venue. Uh, We were in Stowe for 60 years. And we lost the facility where we were had the show. So uh, we had to move somewhere, and, and Waterbury was kind enough to invite us. And we have a great field. We're at Forest Field, a couple of miles west uh, from downtown or from the village. And uh, it really works well for us. It's flat, and uh, it drains very quickly if there should be any rain. Yeah. Which, uh, told there won't be much or any this weekend. No, the weekend's looking pretty it's good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so it's really been a good venue for us. It's it's bigger than where we were. Uh, we can get a lot more. We can spread out a little bit more. Uh, we have a big big flea market every year. We have uh, the the cars. We have a. Uh, what we call a car corral, where if you want to buy or sell an antique car, you can put it in that section of the field. And we have a big uh, crafter's tent. Uh, we have the street dance right out here on Stowe Street this year on Saturday night. So there's really something for everybody, There right? is. And we have a parade that goes on. I mean, it's any, almost anybody, anybody really would be happy to come out there. And, you know, one of the things about a car show, particularly this one, is we have a lot of cars from pre-1940. They're called pre-war cars. And uh, we got quite a few of those that you don't see much anymore at a lot of other car shows. 
But it's so much fun for me uh, just to have people look at the car and go, wow, I had that car on our honeymoon. Yeah. I had one just like it. Or my grandma had one or a lot of memories. Yeah. There's also, you know, when you look at the older cars, uh, there's just something about, you know, if you, you tap the, the door panels, uh, the metal's thick. Yeah, they're solid. <laughs> they're solid. You know, when you slam the doors, like thud. It's, you know, the other thing is, I, if you, if you had a bunch of, uh, 1950s cars, let's say, yeah. take 1950 to 1970, you put them in front of me. And I can tell you what make it is. In most cases, I can tell you what brand it is. I can look at these SUVs going down the road, and I can't tell whether it's whether it's a Mercedes or whether it's a Kia. I mean, they all look the same. They do. You know, that's a, a that's a great point that you make. It's like they know that people like this style, and they all kind of steal it, and it all kind of blends in together. But man, there's there's no you know when it was a Buick, you knew it was a Buick. Buick. It was a Chevy, you knew it was yeah, a Chevy. Right. It was a Ford, yeah. you knew it was a Ford. That the tricolors, remember? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Really cool. What what's the definition because it's a classic and an antique car meet. So when is it a classic, when is it an antique? Yeah, let's start with antique first. Uh, an antique car is in most states, almost all of them, presumed to be 25 years or older. That's all. And uh yeah, well a couple of states, I think Rhode Island still is yeah. 35 or so, but almost all states are at 25. And that means that you can register the car instead of the regular registration, which I think is 75 or so dollars. You can register it as an antique for $23 and get an antique license plate yeah. with some restrictions. You know, you can't just drive it to work every day, but you can do parades, you can do shows, you can do uh, you know, a lot of different things in the public interest, parades and so on. Yeah. And, and if you belong to a club, like uh, Vermont Automobile Enthusiasts is our club that, that sponsors the show, we meet every month, so you can take the car to the, you know, we do cruises, we do all kinds of stuff. So you get a lot of opportunity to drive the car if, you, if it's a legitimate antique and right. you regist- registered as an antique. Boy, at 25 years, that's not... Uh, 1996, you know, I think. Well, you know, considering today the way that they're building cars... I was just reading about my Toyota 4Runner the other day, and it said that those cars are built to go 200,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember and when you when when you when getting close to 100,000, you thought, better trade it in because this thing's <laughs> right. going to die Burn on the road. Oil, everything else, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. No, it doesn't. So it's pretty common to somebody to still be driving a, an antique car that's it's not that old. So driving what about what, what's a classic car? Okay. A classic car, the American Car Club of America. A classic car club of America is is a, a club which has been around for a long time. It's kind of up, you know, above the uh, horizon. And um, mm-hmm. they have designated for a number of years now what they uh, deem as a, as a classic car. And almost all of them are pre-war cars, pre-1940 cars. Not all of them, but most of them. And those are cars that very high level of craftsmanship. Um, handmade, you know, but just beautiful. beautiful so it car. almost has to be judged. It isn't just that any car right. no, can correct. be a classic. No, 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 it no, has to be determined that a it's a classic. Make. Only certain makes. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Pierce Arrow and Packards, some of the Packards. Oh, sure, some yeah. The, some of the Chrysler Imperials, yeah. Cadillacs and others. Uh, they are legitimate classic cars. Now, you know, most people refer to an old car as a classic, but it's really yeah. in, in the purest definition it's not right. That. It's got yeah, we kind of throw that term around and go, "Well, that's a classic." Well, it's it's right. not. It's not that's a right. classic. And there's only a few makes after World War II. Uh, the Chrysler Woody station. Remember the Chrysler Woody convertibles yes. and station wagons. Yeah. Town and Country, I think they were called. Those are classics. And uh, Ford had a Continental they made for a couple of years, um, fifty-seven, I think, fifty-eight. Those are deemed classics. But that's it. So we're talking with Chris Barbieri. We're talking about the classic and antique car show that's coming up at Farfield. That's U.S. Route 2, two miles west of Exit 10 off Interstate 89. It's easy to find uh, in Waterbury, you know, just west of Waterbury Village, put on by Vermont Auto Enthusiasts. Uh, and we're going to give away some uh, some tickets uh, this afternoon here on Travels with Charlie. So here's the deal. You call 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. And just like the previous segment, we don't just give it away. you got to tell us a little story. Love to hear about, the. do you own an antique car? Do you own a classic car? Did you ever own a classic car? Uh, what do you think is a classic car? What was your favorite car? Any of that, any of those topics, that works. 244-1777. And we'll give you a pair of tickets. 1-877-291-8255. 
And here's another uh, interesting uh, tidbit. If you go to the car show this weekend, first time ever in the 64 years of the car show, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile will That's be right. there. Wienermobile is coming. <laughs> but blew me away. I got an email from him about a week ago saying, can we come? <laughs> that you can come. <laughs> so they asked you if they could come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, so they're going to be there. Uh, I understand now they're going to be coming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, that, that Wienermobile, that's, uh, that, that's definitely an antique, is it not? That's no. been around for a long time. Well, since 1938, but it's not the same It's mobile. not the original one, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not the same yeah. mobile. I don't know what they're driving. But yeah, they that need... one probably burns a lot of oil. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines, uh, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. And we'll give you a pair of tickets to the car show that's happening. It actually starts on Friday and goes right through Sunday. Correct. Yep. And you mentioned the street dance. Yeah, street dance is Saturday night, Yeah, 7 to 10, right here on Stowe Street in downtown Waterbury. And I can only Waterbury guess who's Village. doing the music. Who's doing the music? Oh, Joel is. I figured that. Of Joel, <laughs> Joel Nashman, you know. We wouldn't do it without Joel. Oh, Joel is. Now, Joel is a classic. He certainly is. It's not an antique. He is a classic, <laughs> classic. Joel Nashman. Ross, you're on with uh, with uh, Travels with Charlie and Chris Barbieri with the Antique and Classic Car Meet. Good afternoon, Ross. Good afternoon. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm calling from a rest area on 89, but I'm from South Hero. Oh, okay. And would you like to go to the car meet? I sure would. All right. Ross, tell us a little bit about uh, your car, your favorite car, or any any car-related story that's going to pique our interest here. Well, I have a 65 Bel Air wagon, Chevrolet wagon, that I use as a daily driver when there's no salt on the road. Nice. And, and I'm in the middle of a frame-off restoration on a 56 Nomad wagon. You like wagons, then? I do like wagons. Yeah, I've got a 63 Valiant wagon that is a cream puff, and very, very hard to find them like that. They used to rust out, and, you know, people beat on them and back in the old days. Well, driving that 65 is like going down the road and, and on a couch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, would you? Uh, Charlie. Yeah, Ross, go ahead. We're brother-in-laws, by the way. Oh, we are. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm I'm Lee's brother. Oh, sure. <laughs> now I recognize the name. Yeah, Ross. Well, uh, thank you for joining us here on uh, Travels with Charlie. Ross, can you pick the tickets up here at the uh, radio station? I can. Okay, we'll leave them right here at the radio station for you. Thanks, Ross. Okay, Take care. Thank, thank you. you, Ross. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for I listening. Know. We have a pair of tickets for Ross. Uh, and let's go right back to the phone lines. Tom, you are next on Travels with Charlie and Chris Barbieri. We've got some tickets for you to the Antique and Classic Car Meet this weekend in Waterbury. Good afternoon, Tom. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll put them to good use. All right, Tom, tell us uh, about your dream car or your, your car that you're driving now or, you know, whatever it is that you have. Well, I'm not driving it now, but I got a, Ford Falcon, 1965 Ford Falcon convertible Sprint model. Ah, very nice. Those are nice. Yeah, yeah but uh, which motor right has now, it got in it? It's got a 289. Yeah. 289, great. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah but it's uh, I got to do a little bit more work to it. This one there, just sitting around. I got I guess the motor seized up on it, so I got to take take motor out. Ooh. Those are pretty cars, though. I, I've got a 64 Valiant convertible. Mine's red. Yeah, what yeah. color's yours? Uh, mine's like a twilight blue with a oh. white white top and a pretty, very yeah, pretty yeah, color. They are nice guys. Yeah. They don't do colors like they used to do. Do you no, notice that? No, they don't. It's all pretty boring colors. Now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd have multiple colors on cars. You yeah. know, two tone cars. Yeah, originally, was, yeah, originally was was dark blue with a with a blue top. Tom, can you pick your top. tickets up here at uh, WDEV in Waterbury? Yes, I can. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll leave them right at the front desk for you, Tom. Thanks for listening. All right. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, you, you mentioned the the Plymouth Valiant. If I'm not mistaken, that was that a push button uh, transmission? Yes. Uh, they Chrysler did the push buttons starting in '56, and they ended them in '64. So my '64 convertible has the push buttons. They were very reliable. Those things never they were. broke very much. So yeah. Packard tried it, and so did Etzel for a little while, and they did it electronically with wires. Yeah. And those things were problematic. But the Chrysler one is done with a cable. 
never have a problem. Not a problem at all. No. Uh, you know, Tom mentioned uh, the Ford Falcon, and interesting with uh, the Falcons, there were some of those Falcons that were on the road, and I saw one, a friend of mine had one that uh, it was kind of a sleeper. You know, you'd get in it, and, and you thought it was like a, just a family car, mm. and that thing would, you could race Cobras with yeah, it. Yeah, with you the know? V8, you could. Right? With 289. That's yeah. right. They were quick, but they were very light. They also had a Ranchero, a little pickup truck. Falcon, that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's something they don't do anymore are the, uh, you know, the El Caminos, the, the pickup right. car. Right. Just not done anymore. No more. Doesn't no. work. Mike, you're next on Travels with Charlie and Chris Barbieri. Good good afternoon to you. How you doing? We're doing okay. You're going to go to the Antique and Classic Car Meet this weekend. How about that? I'd love to. All right. Oh, I gotta... my, my car would be a 1970 Hemi Cuda with a 426 in it. Oh, would that be the Hemi version or the Wedge version? Yeah, the Hemi version. Of course, right? <laughs> they did make a Wedge version, believe it or not, but uh, they didn't make too many of them. Everybody wanted the Hemi. Yeah, no, sweet car, hard to find. They're, they're not available. I mean, I had a 68 Mercury Cougar, which I loved, with a 351 Windsor in it. That was that was a nice vehicle, nice. but I love a Cuda. Wow. You know, Mike, one of the things that uh, that I really appreciated, this discussion of vehicles as we talk about it, you don't hear people using these kind of terms that they're talking about their 2018 or 2019. <laughs> you know, does it have a wedge? Is it a slant six? They don't know. <laughs> you know, Nobody knows anymore. Is it, is it a Hemi? Uh, you know, is it, uh, uh, you know, posi traction? Right. You know, any of that well, first stuff. First of all, if you open up the hood, there's this big plastic thing that covers everything. <laughs> the only way you know it's in there is to look at the little badge on the side of the fender. And there's a computer in there somewhere, too. <laughs> right. Mike, we got to pay our tickets for the uh, car show this weekend for you. Can you pick them up here at WDEV in in Waterbury. Is there another option? I can mail them to you if uh, they can get uh, get to you by time in yeah. time. Sure. sure, today's Monday. Yeah, I'll mail them to you, Mike. Yeah, I, I live right in Milton. Sure. Okay, just uh, give Corm. Hang on and give Corm your address, and I'll pop those in the mail to you, Mike. Enjoy that show. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, all right, thanks You're for welcome. listening. Chris Barbieri with me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Uh, so some of the events that are coming up again at the the Antique and Classic Car Meet, there's a parade, there's the street dance, of course, uh, Vermont Crafters Tent, but there's also vehicle judging. So you can, That's right. can, can anybody just bring their car, pay a fee, and have the car judged? Yes, if they want to. Um, let's say we have 500 cars this year to use a round number. I would say that probably half of those by the owner will say, I do not wish to have it judged. Because they're not they're not so perfect, yeah. you know. There's only three uh, in each class. There's only three levels: first, second, and third. And you got to be really, really good in each of those classes to win one of the awards. So a lot of people just bring it and say, "Hey, I love my car. It's beautiful," which it would be. Yeah. But hey, it's on the field, and I know I'm not going to win anything. So don't worry, you know, having the judges waste their time on it. Have some more tickets if you'd like to go to the auto show this weekend. It's 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. I do want to point out quickly that this is a very affordable event. If you have a family, 12 and under, no charge, correct? And it's $12 to get in. That's right, $12 a person. Yeah, And uh, we have free parking. And I would just – you mentioned something earlier, Charlie. I just want to clear up a little bit. If you're coming from the west, uh, like Chittenden County or so on, Get really, you're better off to get off at, at the Richmond exit and take Route 2 because when if you get off at 10, frequently there's a lot of traffic coming the other oh, way. Oh, sure, yeah. And it gets, sometimes it gets clogged up. So if you're coming from the western part of Waterbury, it might be better to come on – get off on the Richmond exit and come along Route 2. Can I ask you your opinion on – because this is – you know, I just started thinking about this. Here we are. We're talking about antique cars and classic cars. What's going to happen 25 years from mm. now? When some of the cars that are coming out now are electric vehicles, and yeah. and will there be a place for a 25-year-old electric vehicle in your car show? I think there will be. In fact, we uh, we had a um, just a uh, sample of cars three or four years ago. We just had them out there for people to see. But yeah, I, I coming in this morning, I was wondering, you know, what's going to happen to our cars? Are we going to be swapping engines on some of these old cars, or when when the um, when the oil runs out, hey, then what? Yeah. You know? 
Have you ever driven an electric car? I did for the first time two yeah. weeks ago. And what did you think of it? It was a Tesla. Uh, yeah. Well, I just got in it, and I looked down at the dashboard, and there's no gauges. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you the two things, the three things about it. There was a motor on each wheel, and when you hit that accelerator, you move. Yeah. I bet that thing goes zero to 60 in four or five seconds, and I'm not exaggerating. I know. It's amazing. Some of the Teslas, the, the speed that they have is simply, simply amazing. But there's something about, you know, as an auto purist would think about – you got to hear that rumble, and you don't hear it. Maybe they could, right. you That's know, scary. have a computerized uh, um, noisemaker, noisemaker or something, right? <laughs> Go and boom, e- boom. And even that, I mean, it's a quiet car. It's coming down the road. You don't hear it coming. Yeah, that's a danger. It is people, a danger, right? People tend to, you know, use their ears a yeah. lot when they're looking for cars. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was an amazing car. Chris, this has been a blast having you on the program with me today. I really appreciate it. You're actually going to be doing uh, some some live broadcasting from the show this weekend yeah. here on WDB. Friday and Saturday, yeah, mm-hmm. with Tom Beardsley. We'll have yep. fun with that and really appreciate you joining me here on Travels well, with thank Charlie. thank you, Charlie. Always great to get great together Great to see with you. you again. Before you go, quickly, we got to touch on China relations. Mm. You, you've you had an apartment in China for years. Yep. You've mm. brought uh, businesses from Vermont mm-hmm. over to China and trying to do some trade. That obviously was all put on hold in the last 15 yeah, months. Yeah, it has. It has. I mean, if, if you try to go into China right now, you've got to have 14 days quarantine in a hotel room, and you cannot leave the room. And then after that, you have to spend seven more days in a quarantine family building. Yeah. No, so it's, it's not going to work for, now, for a while anyway. What's been your whole thought with this COVID uh, virus and its origins from Wuhan? Uh, I think that's probably correct. Um, you know, the government in China right now, uh, the people just keep their mouth shut, and the government says what it wants to say, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, so it's it's been a tough relationship situation. Uh, the Chinese people are not responsible for what's yeah. still going on right now. Chris, have a great weekend at Thank the you, Antique uh, Car Show. Thank you for joining me here on Travels with Charlie. Thanks to all of my guests today, Chris Barbieri and Sean Bartlett. Our next Travels with Charlie is on August 23rd. Travels with Charlie sponsored by Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne American Express Travel with support from True North Radio. Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer is Brad Ferland, director Steve Cormier. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels. Have a great day.